0: You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillers and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack.
1: Welcome to my 400th show. You have to listen to me because uh, I'm allowed to sing on my birthday. 400 episodes of the Bride Chilla Podcast five years when I just thought I'd be doing this for a couple of episodes and no one would listen, we'd move on. But here we are. Now, I was thinking, what do I do for my 400th episode? Do I do a big wanky uh, celebration of myself? No, who wants to do that? Who cares? Honestly, I'd rather have my friend on who's just bought a business, who's transitioned, well, she's not transitioning into different businesses. She's going to spin many different plates, many different hats. Uh, The lovely Kevin Elizabeth, you've heard her on, I don't know, how many episodes have you've been on now three <laughs> three it was like 50 because we're yeah mates. but and people are like oh she's just bringing your friends on well, well listen I bring my friends on because they're good at what they do and i you <laughs> through this so you're basically my podcast friend but my friend yes. in real life yes <laughs> you're a wedding photographer Mm -hmm. and what did you just go and do?
0: I just bought a bridal boutique. (laughs) So I literally bought over 100 wedding dresses and (laughs) decided that I wanted to step more into the fashion world. So the boutique is actually a three minute drive away from where I live, which is great. And it's called the White Flower. So now
1: I'm a photographer and a bridal boutique owner. I mean, I think wedding vendors and also bride chillers and groom chillers listening would be like, she's surely busy enough doing all the (laughs) wedding photography. And I know you, and I know you're busy. But then you're like, oh, "I'll just buy a shop I'll yeah. buy a store, <laughs> yeah, it was you know it was a lot, but
0: i I found that my photography business has gotten to the place where it's pretty automated on the back end, so I was able to have some free time, and then the opportunity came up to purchase the shop, but it had been in existence for ten years and is the top rated bridal boutique in San Diego, so I thought, you know what, let me figure this out, and my husband David runs it with me. So I have his help because I would not have invested in the shop without having him as a 50-50 partner. So that also helps too. Uh, So it's been really exciting. We've owned it
1: officially for about six weeks now. That's great. Well, congratulations, and it's great to see uh, you moving your vendor knowledge into a different area. And your episodes are always so popular because you tell it like it is. Mm You're bullshit free when it comes to your advice about photography and the logistics of planning and timelines. And it's great that you can add another string to your bow. I've used a lot of different fucking cliches, (laughs) saying this, but you know you've got the experience. And so I thought it would be great to have a chat in this 400th episode. Say it again. And Alicia, just really, really, just bring that forward. I'm not going to not say it's 400 episodes because you got to celebrate yourself, haven't you? Without being too much, it's exciting. Be excited! It's exciting. It's exciting. Do Americans use the word "wank"? Is that no? Really? No. What would you say? Like a? Don't say that, Alicia. Don't get it a (laughs) second. You know what I mean, though, don't you? It's just a masturb- masturbatorium. Yes. Um, it's a very English Australian thing to say, unnecessary in a wedding podcast, but that's what you get if you're new to the show. Okay, Someone's going to
0: mention this in a review for you. I saw you posted the review that was like, it's great, but
1: could do without the cussing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because it was a, like a three-star review. And it yeah. made me laugh because the, the heart and the warmth was there. Yes. And I was grateful for the review because I think it was a very positive review. But I am not everyone's <laughs> cup of tea. And I think sometimes my way of speaking perhaps doesn't gel with everyone. And I don't have a judgment there because, you know. There are people that speak and I'm not digging them. So it did make me laugh. It did make me laugh. It's it's pretty funny. I feel like
0: they love your show, but just for some reason could not get past the cussing, which (laughs) a lot of people in the comments were like, doesn't bother me, keep doing it. It's great. It's real. It's you. And I totally agree. And um even though I come on here and I don't cuss because I feel like I have to represent my businesses very appropriately, I certainly do in my personal life. So (laughs) listening to something like that doesn't bother me.
1: Exactly. And I (laughs) will I always say to my guests, you know, you are, you're being your pro. You don't have to follow (laughs) the leader here. I'm just representing myself. So uh, fine. (laughs) Um, I did get, you know, the idea from that, that posting that, um, that little review was there's a fantastic ski resort called snowbird Uh in um oh jesus it's in utah and it (laughs) is an amazing ski resort but they won some awards i've this i've totally just ripped their idea thank you snowbird (laughs) they won some advertising awards because this is a A a resort that is ungroomed. They don't do any grooming. Mm. It's pretty hardcore, but it's the best day of skiing I've ever had in my whole life. I sound bourgeois, but go with it. (laughs) So they have an advertising campaign where they post one-star reviews of their resort where people are like, this is too hard. Why would you ever want to ski this? Or there were no people there. Where are all the people? I don't understand. And They've got this beautiful, they, they put the review on this amazing imagery of the resort and people skiing. And it's like, um, because it's one star, because you don't get it, punk. Yeah. Everyone else was like, ah, oh, this is amazing. i want to go there. So I was looking at that and I was like, you know what? This three-star review came up and I, I posted it with love. So yeah. thank you, three-star reviewer. I don't want you to feel that I was being an asshole. I totally love you and I respect you and I want you to keep listening. Yes, they should. Please do. Gosh, I don't want everyone to think I'm ever ragging on anyone because it's certainly not my <laughs> intention. Um, now, Kevin, we want to talk today we, about wedding dress shopping. You mm-hmm. are new to the biz, but you're not new to the biz because you've been in the biz for a long time and you've Correct. seen a lot of things. So yes. This is really intriguing to me because you've also just recently been married. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You wore a stunning gown, which we will post some imagery of in the Bridechilla blog if you are happy for me to do so yes and the process of buying a wedding dress or finding your wedding attire we don't have to say everyone has to wear a dress i don't want to make people feel like they must choose a dress it's certainly not what we're getting at but the process Mm -hmm. of finding something to wear on your wedding day can really stress people out yes totally get so where do we start where do we start kevin let's talk about um when we approach stores, mm-hmm. uh, what we should be trying on, how this should work, what we should be bringing along, and let's talk about expectations as well, because a lot of the imagery in wedding magazines and blogs and Pinterest can be deceptive yes. when it comes to styles and body shapes and how we feel about what we might look good in something, and then you're like, fuck no, get that off me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had
0: that experience of you. Yeah, I absolutely have. Um, and the designer of my wedding gown actually did a trunk show for, and my wedding gown was not wedding. It was from their no. more couture runway side. And they did a trunk show of those gowns in San Diego. And I went to go visit them and, uh, they brought, I guess the smallest runway size for the trunk show. So like, I mean, I'm not a large person, but I could not even zip some of them up on me. And I was like, how how do you have a trunk show that no one can fit into? And yeah, that was one of those moments where I almost turned away from the brand, (laughs) like as an option for my dress, because how am I supposed to visualize it if I can't even fit into it? So yeah, yeah, but then I ended up finding my gown and it was two sizes too big. So I had it altered because it's the only one left in the country. So that was my keep it on me moment. (laughs)
1: It's, and it's a beautiful gown and I think we I need to see it. it's colourful and it's got all these fla- it's flowers, isn't it? It's beautiful. Oh, it's making it. me make that noise. It's absolutely stunning. I think we should just wear it around. Like I would wear I that would, dress. but I just sold it. Oh, yay. yay. It paid for our new shower. Yay to the shower. Yes. Well, this is – look, I want to go – let's just say resale of gowns. Don't hold on to the gown if you don't feel it emotionally attached yeah. to it. And from that perspective, just get rid of it. Get it. Yeah. Shower.
0: I'm more practical. So I was like, you know what? It's either going to sit in my closet. I might use it for a photo shoot, but it's not going to be worn. But some people want to keep on to their dresses. They get – them preserved. We offer that as a service. It's like a wedding gown preservation. And some people like that, but other people just want to sell it for whatever reason. And I wanted to sell mine. And especially because it was such a rare find, I was like, okay, there's got to be someone out there who's going to buy this dress. And they did and now have a really pretty shower. So it's very exciting stuff. (laughs) Well, every time you can get in and have a shower, you can think of that wedding dress. Yes. I should frame waterproof frame a little photo of it. (laughs) Stick it
1: in there. I mean, that's good. I like that. I go for that. But, you know, I'm weird. Yeah. Um, So, as you said, when you arrive at a wedding dress store, a boutique, now Mm -hmm. some people will never want to go into a wedding dress shop or they find it a bit overwhelming and find the experience potentially I suppose watching all these say yes to the dresses and all these these shows on tv has given us a certain perception of what we think it's going to be like now 99% of bridal stores are not like Kleinfeld's I just want to say oh absolutely You're not gonna be greeted by an you know, an over the top staff member. They're not gonna run out the back going through millions of dresses <laughs> for you. It's just not realistic,
0: is it? No, no, it's not. They're I mean, they're just a giant warehouse to to be honest. Um yeah. and, and they've really grown their fame through the T V show and and that's a whole different experience and I think too. The fact that there are cameras on people, whether they've been told to or just realistically in their own minds, they really amp up their personality and the energy for the camera because otherwise it would be, you know, too boring as the producers would probably think. Whereas I'd be like, oh, this is chill. This is nice. Like, I don't need all the like high energy, but. That's one of the things to keep in mind is most experiences at stores are going to be way more chill unless you bring like six plus guests with you, in which case it could get really rowdy. So I highly recommend keeping it to a small number of
1: guests. What do you think? When Tell me, are you actually in the store? Are you fitting? How is it all working with you?
0: Yeah, so I am usually working from home on stuff for the business or I'm there and I have shadowed some appointments. Um, I leave it up to the stylist to do the fittings, but- being in there, I find that it's a very pleasant experience. Our store in particular is by appointment only, and we have three very private intimate suites. So you don't feel like you're out in the open, which is really nice. So it's a very calm experience. And I do find that the brides who bring five, six plus people, Mm. a lot of times there's not every time, but a lot of times there's too much emotion, too many opinions, and it's too rowdy. And so it can be confusing and overwhelming for the bride and the stylist too sometimes. So I find that the brides who come in with like one, two, three, or even by themselves, that seems to be even more of a
1: low key, but still incredible experience. Why is it, do you think, now, I, I mean, I could never imagine taking, I don't even really know five people. But yeah, same. <laughs> I, you know, it's like, I, was like, I was just trying to think, hey, who would I take? Should-? No one. So, I mean, why is it do you think we've gotten into this pattern of feeling obliged to bring along this fucking crew of people who, I don't know, who may or may not be good for you right. in real life, let alone people that are going to have some opinion that you value to then pick a dress or outfit? Right. That you're going to wear on a really significant day of your life. Why do we think we're doing this now? Gosh. Well, one, I definitely think the
0: TV shows, Hmm. you see those big groups um, in a place like Kleinfeld might be able to accommodate seating for all that many people. But since our like store in particular has smaller intimate suites, it's like if you bring over seven people, some people might have to stand. Um, (laughs) So it's not super comfortable, but I think there's also this feeling of, oh, I have to bring all my friends or, oh, I have to bring all of my bridesmaids. And for those brides who have a Lot of bridesmaids. I'm like, you don't have to though. Like, if you want to do it, I'm not going to tell you you can't. But I think it is so much more digestible as an experience to really only bring those essential people. And surely (laughs) you don't have to have nine essential people. When I say essential, I mean, The people who have to be there, because if they don't see it and give their opinion, you're not going to buy it. So we try to encourage brides to come in with their essential guest. So that's the same thing. Like sometimes brides will come in alone and then they'll make another appointment to come back and bring the mom and the sister. And I'm like, you know what? Just wait to make one single appointment for when you can bring mom and the sister if they need to be there and then you save yourself some time. But yeah, I think don't feel obligated to bring a whole bunch of people. And when you are making the appointment, bring the core essential, essentially the decision-making people.
1: And so why, because again, I'm a lone ranger really when it comes to these sort of things and I can't, well, to be honest, Rich is like the most honest person in my life. I can wear it. I can go to shopping and he we've got this vibe where he's like no or yeah. I think you could do better and I respect that and I do the same to him. Some people are very touchy about it. I totally get it. And there's a lot of extra stuff I we can unpack, but that I know people associate with shopping and body image mm-hmm. and it's a complicated process. Yes. So- for me, I you know, and let's put away the TV show because I totally agree. I think a lot of it's come from the normalization of people bringing a whole lot of loud mouth people along. Yeah. like, do you, it's fun to watch on telly, but is <laughs> yeah. that what you really want in your real life? Yeah. You want to have this rewarding? gaggle of people? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like, who, you know, in, in real life, would you take your mother-in-law along to buy a pair of jeans? Probably not. <laughs> or a swimsuit no, or something. I go alone. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, you know, it's like going, who do you value and what's the feedback that you want from this? Also, mm-hmm. you're the one wearing the dress, not them. And exactly. It, it's like when you hear this feedback, you're like, well, listen, you brought them along. So you're sort of inviting them to give feedback. And then if it's not what you want to hear that's also shitty as well for everyone. Oh, that's the worst.
0: I am whether I've witnessed it myself or my stylist, they always put notes after the appointment of what happened so that, you know, anybody following up with them knows like what went on in the appointment, if they liked a the dress, blah blah blah. There are so many times where I am reading notes or watching where the mother is being really negative about the dress. It's like the bride will put it on. She loves it. And then the mom will say something picky. And then the bride's expression just completely changes. And it's so sad to me to see something like that happen because at least my mom is always like, she's very honest, but if she knows I love it, like she already knows it's a fit for me. Um, and I just love when I see families come in or friends come in who have nothing but supportive things to say, or they'll say, I love this, but I can tell like you're not totally in love with it. So mm. I want to encourage people, if you have a really negatively opinionated person that you might have been bringing to your appointment, it might be worth having a chat with them beforehand to like try to avoid that because the last thing you want is to put on your dream dress, which we can talk about like, what's the dream dress? Because I feel like oh. there's several dream dresses for everybody. There's not just the one. I think that's such like, it's so confusing and it's stressful, but try to get them to see that they need to be supportive because you don't want to be bringing somebody who's just going to hate everything you love. That's, that's not going to be fun for you and you're not ever going to find a dress that way
1: yeah and I do think I say in the Brueller Survival Guide that just go along and have a shop on your own to start mm-hmm. off with if you feel like this group of people or your your gal pals whatever you want to say uh, or your guy pals there's no you know yep girls, <laughs> can, everyone can come along there's no gender here um but you can Happily go and have an appointment. I'm sure that you would be happy to service people's needs yeah. of saying, I just want to come in and have a little look and maybe select a short list or whatever on my own or with one friend or one relative that you know is going to be supportive and yes. then come back if you need to have the audience. But I mean, maybe you don't just fuck that off. But yeah, I you can also FaceTime I, them. <laughs> of course, exactly. I, I just feel like there's a much sort of calmer um situation if you are entering into a sort of browsing no pressure situation rather than hey, we're gonna go and find my dream dress today. If we're gonna have a breakdown. (laughs) And it's like, whoa, whoa, let's just pump the brakes a little bit. And then also make the situation work for your personality and your needs rather than just following the cliche blah 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 that everyone else does. Because that's not very broad chiller. No,
0: it's not. And you know, I find that Brides, once they come in, sometimes they were nervous about the experience, but then at least in our store, I can't speak for every store, but they love it. I mean, our staff gets thank you notes in the mail. Our seamstress from her alterations department gets thank you notes. She's a whole wall of fan mail, which is really That's cute. So nice. I know she's so lovely, but I think it's supposed to be a very pleasant, enjoyable experience. So I think it's all about the mindset coming in. One thing that I want to encourage brides not to do is not to schedule like four different stores back to back on a single day because by the time you get to the last store maybe even the last two stores you're so tired and it's confusing we call this over shopping Um, and then honestly too if you've made several appointments but you find a dress that makes you want to cry or that feels right to you in that first appointment there is nothing wrong with going ahead and buying it and canceling your other appointments even if you're going to get charged for it like you don't have have to go to multiple stores. If you find something that you are totally in love with, don't feel like you have to keep shopping. Like people use the analogy, well, when your fiance proposed to you, you said, yes, you didn't go look for something better. So it's kind
1: of the same with a dress. Yeah, I think overshopping and overwhelm in so many facets of wedding planning is a really big problem. And I think we get so worked up in seeing more inspo, more different, more different, not a great way to say it. Lots of alternate, more different, more. Um, so many new bits of imagery that come at us and then you become overwhelmed and you're like, listen, I just made that decision back there. I need to have faith in my my choices and also save yourself some time. As you said, delete the appointments, move on with your life, go and enjoy yourself in some other aspect. Yeah. And it's, I think it's better that way, you know, even
0: though you're missing out on other appointments and maybe you have a small cancellation fee, I think it's totally fine to just stop then and there rather than to go on to other stores, maybe confuse yourself or waste the time of the other stores when you've essentially already found your dress. But, Mm. you know, go with your gut, like, it's, which is probably not the prettiest image for wedding dress shopping, but go with your instinct. I love you know? you
1: that. I think you feel it. You feel you it. Know? You put something on and you go, oh, this is me. This is it. Take yes. my money. Let's get going. Yeah. Can now, you see yourself in it on the wedding day? That is the question. Exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, Kevin, after the break, I want to go back to this idea of the dress, the yes. one. And I also want to talk to you a little bit about the logistics of the day. Mm -hmm. the comfort level of whatever you choose to wear. And also I want to hear a little bit of your perspective about photographing well and how you feel in it uh, when it comes to making that dress selection. There will be more after this. All right, so you have purchased a wedding dress store, and now you're a double expert, which I love. (laughs) I love, 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 Kevin, because that means I can get you on to talk about multiple things. Yes, and keep coming back. (laughs) Yes, well, you're always going to come back because you're. Am I
0: your most frequent guest? yet. I feel like Mm -hmm. if I'm not, I need
1: to be (laughs) because I I love the show. And Leah Weinberg might be up and about, so I mean, nice. I feel like uh, you're my gals. Yeah, lots of repeat offenders, I like to say, but it's always nice when you know we get people back to do Q and As uh, and and just really share their wealth. But I mean, what's great about you is you do all these YouTube videos, and you're really into the education side of yes. what you do, which is great. Um, now, before the break, we were talking about finding this dream dress bullshit now I'm against the idea of perfection obviously but also this Mm -hmm. whimsical it's a dream it's everything I've always dreamed of and you're like this for some people might be absolutely right you might get into that dress and go this is it this is exactly how I imagined it. But for a lot of people, and this was certainly my situation of going, I have no fucking idea what my dream dream I just want to look great <laughs> and feel yes. great and special. But I haven't – I was doing a lot of other things with my life that didn't include dreaming about a dress, which is fine. So I think I stressed myself out because I was like, I don't know what my dream is. What is my right. dream? I don't I, – and so that freaked me out even more than the people that freak out about having the dream dress. So <laughs> – Tell me about this idea of the one air quotes and the concept of potentially there being 50 the ones. Yeah, I totally
0: think that whether it's in love and relationships or buying a wedding dress, that there is no... Actual, the one, like a single entity or person out in the world that is the perfect thing for you. I think there are many the ones. And if you can just find one of those ones, then that is fantastic, uh, whether it's your, uh, significant other or your wedding dress. So I, I have never been the person who has like a moment of tears, like, this is it, like, that's not me. But some brides are totally like that. So I think. If you are not one of those brides and you're more like me, you have to understand that going into the dress shopping process, not to expect that to happen because you see it on TV. Know yourself. I ordered my dress from a Saxon Houston, had it shipped to San Diego. It was the only one left in the country. I tried it on in my home office and (laughs) I thought... Yeah. I really like it. I faced my mom. She loved it. I said, great. All right. This is it. I'm keeping it like that. That was it. It was that casual for me. And sometimes for other brides, it's going to be that casual. And then sometimes for brides, they're going to cry. Their friends are going to basically scream. Everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, what's happening in the store? So know yourself. I think that's important. Don't have the expectation that you're just going to have this groundbreaking emotional moment if that's not who you are.
1: And if it feels good, it looks good, and you like it, get it. it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly,
0: you know, and that's the thing. Some brides find that they want to go to. You know, six, seven, eight appointments. You don't have to like go to a few. If you don't find anything that you love, then maybe schedule some more for a different day, so you don't get really tired of it. But honestly, a lot of brides find a really amazing dress that they love in one to maybe two, possibly even three different appointments. So I think if you find it, it feels right. You can see yourself in it. It feels true to you, and you feel good in it, and comfortable in it, and beautiful or handsome, whatever you want to feel in
1: it. That is. Your one. Tell me about comfort because I'm a big fan of comfort. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be able to move in clothes. I think it yes. comes from performing as well. When I'm doing stand-up or I'm hosting something, I want to be able to do a deep lunge. I want to be able to... <laughs> you never know You just never know. I want to you know you can see me doing the deep lunge I can and I've got a microphone I want to be able to go into an order I want to be able to move and it goes with my footwear I, I love a fucking sassy shoe but I also don't yes. want to break my ass in front of everyone so I know my limits I know how to pick a shoe that I can move in but also look good in and I think when it comes to wedding dress shopping wedding attire is you need to think about What you're doing on the day, and I know there's the same thing. People are like, "Don't get married in a ball gown on a a beach," and you're like, "Oh, there's no rule. You can get married with a ball gown." Oh, you can definitely do it. (laughs) But but you need to—I think—more about the appropriateness of the gown or dress or whatever your tutu, whatever you're wearing—is how you want to feel and move, and how comfortable that garment is when you put it on. Because I think people underestimate. You know, if you're trying to eat a meal and you're wearing some sort of corset situation. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, that's yeah. not normal.
0: <laughs> no. But talk to
1: me about that. Yeah. Talk me about comfort and how we can yeah. get around that. And comfort doesn't mean Birkenstocks. And fucking no. No, bag. you don't have to do that. <laughs> Although if you want to wear Birkenstocks, you that's can. great. You can. You might be the only one ever. <laughs> uh, we celebrate you. But yes. also, it doesn't, comfort doesn't mean, it just means I'm comfortable and I can do a deep lunge.
0: Yes, exactly. And teeny tiny side note before I dive into this, because I think it's something I've seen and I'm like, you don't have to go that way. Some brides will come in and they're like, oh, but this dress doesn't like match the garden style of my venue. Or can this dress really be worn on the beach? And I say, girl, it does not matter. It Mm. needs to suit you, not your venue. So don't worry if this dress isn't perfect for a beach wedding. Like it doesn't matter. If it is, it's cool. But if it's not, it suits you. And that's the most important thing. So just teeny tiny side note I want to mention. No, it's a strong side note and I support you and I encourage (laughs) you in that side note. Yeah. Don't be worried about the logistics of how the dress goes with your setting. It does not matter. Um, but on on the matter of comfort, there are some brides who they say, I don't care about being comfortable. I just want to look amazing and perfect and whatever. And there are a lot of brides like me who want to be able to sit down in their dress without (laughs) getting acid reflux and without feeling like they can't put food in their mouth. Um, and so for that, when you are trying on dresses, be honest with the stylist who's helping you say, you know what, this feels really tight. I think on the wedding day, I might want it looser here. They want to know everything you feel, whether it's positive or negative so that they can find a dress that is great for you and your needs and your body type and how you want to feel. So I always find that my stylists encourage brides to twirl around, dance, sit down in the dress so that they know how it feels and even if it doesn't feel that comfortable, then they know going into the day I'm okay with this being uncomfortable when I sit. You know, it's all up to the bride. Some people care a lot more about comfort than others, but for me, I wanted to be able to do all those things I mentioned. And so test it out. Don't forget these things, sit down in the dress, see what it's going to feel like. And know that if you want to be picking out on your wedding day and you don't want your stomach to be expanding and visible, like I didn't want, I had a dress that did not emphasize and was not really tight on my stomach. So that for me was a big priority. I could eat whatever I wanted to and not have it show like I had a food baby growing, which there's nothing wrong with. With, but that was my personal preference
1: <laughs> we all support food babies They're delicious and yes delicious. no judgment <laughs> no judgment on the food babies um going back to uh, this one thing that I sort of feel is the bane of the wedding industry and I know that this would never happen in your store and I know that any vendor listening to Bride chiller I feel confident this is not going down but I remember when uh, in my first wedding that didn't happen if you don't know what I'm talking about go back oh. to episode one
0: Ooh, the cancelled
1: okay. wedding oh yes gosh there's gosh. another life back then it was Ooh. over 10 years ago
0: different guy see? not
1: current <laughs> yes look um but I remember I went to a bridal boutique. And I was asked how much weight I was planning to lose before oh. the wedding. And she wasn't <laughs> saying it in a vindictive way. It wasn't – and look, this was 10 years ago, and I feel like things have evolved since then. She was a small-town boutique owner. She was lovely. I'm, her name was probably Sharon or, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, Sharon had no fucking idea. Now, I get what Sharon was saying. She was sure. probably used to people coming in, trying dresses on, then changing their lifestyle habits in whatever way and maybe coming back and being a different shape or size. Yes. And that's complicated for alterations. So, yeah. Part of me is like, I don't think Sharon was saying this to be a dick. No. But <laughs> it's also like, hey, I'm coming here to try a dress on and you're asking me if I'm going to lose weight. Right. So I think <laughs> in that if you do intend to change your body shape in some way, I suppose that's something you need to communicate. But also, yes. is that realistic? Is that something that you think you're going to actually see through? Um, you know, I, I'm not advocating everyone has to lose weight for their wedding in any way. I think people know me by now that that's not what I'm saying, but I suppose it's something to communicate or if you're, in a, if you're in a process, if you're going through a process of losing weight yes. or doing whatever, <laughs> sorry for using the American accent, you've got to be able to communicate that. That's the end of my rant. But I do feel strongly that if someone makes you feel uncomfortable when you went to a store about your body shape or size, mm-hmm. then maybe they're not the people to be working with.
0: Yes, that's very true. And our shop likes to be very sensitive to that. Uh, we do also carry plus size gown samples and so we want to make sure that we're inclusive of everybody and I understand where Sharon was coming from it did not <laughs> it communicated well no, but she did not communicate sometimes well. what happens so most wedding dresses that you're ordering Are not made to order, meaning they are not made custom to your sizes. The bridal stylist will take your measurements and then order from the designer the closest size to you. And usually it's better to go on the slightly larger side than on the smaller because you're going to have to alter the gown almost in any scenario. Mm -hmm. And it's better to have a little bit of extra to take away than to have it too small and you have to like cut fabric from somewhere and add it here. So a lot of times what happens is the gown comes in and even though brides have been educated on that process, they get upset with the store. Like, why doesn't this fit me perfectly? And we're like, well, it's not supposed to. It's not a couture gown. So that's probably what Sharon was trying to account for, but it was not said the right way. But Mm -hmm. what we will tell our brides is, you know, we tell them how we order the gown, just like I described. And then for alterations, we recommend coming in eight weeks before your wedding date, so that you are as close to your wedding day weight as possible. Uh, because some people want to have body modifications like breast implants, or they lose weight. We literally just had a bride saying she might try for a baby, and so in the process, like of leading up to the wedding day, we're like, okay, that could be a really dramatic change in your gown size if that that is something that happens, like yeah. So alterations eight weeks before is where you want to be, so that if you are changing weight. That's where you're going to at least be as close as possible to the wedding day, whether you stay the exact same size you were when you came in for your appointment or you want to gain or lose weight. So poor Sharon. <laughs> she just poor did Sharon. not know the right way to handle that, although I'm sure her intentions were in the right place.
1: Girlfriend's <laughs> probably like, listen to bride chiller now, and she's like, listen, I need to change my tact a little bit. I need yes. to just change my way. I think her intentions were good. So that is that. Now let's talk a little bit about about you just mentioned timing Mm -hmm. do you sell off the rack we don't
0: other than our sample section so our samples are different from what we call our special order gowns so the special order gowns are ones that you try it on we order another version in the size closest to you from the designer whereas our sample gowns
1: we sell off the rack as is Right. Now let's talk about samples because this is Mm -hmm. something that gets thrown around in the wedding industry quite a lot. I've thrown it around before. I want to make sure I'm telling people the right (laughs) things. Sample gowns are the ones that people have used when they're trying on, but you keep them nice, don't you? They keep them shiny. Yes,
0: we definitely try our best. I mean, some samples get tried on so often, um, but we usually will hand them over to our alterations team for a little repair if anything needs it. Um, And then some gowns are just a little bit more worn and you know, you know that when you're buying it, the way that you see it, when you decide to buy that sample is exactly how you're going to receive it. Um, some stores might not keep their samples in as good of a condition. So that's something to keep in mind that, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to look at it with your eyeballs and say, do I want this gown as is, what am I going to need to do to this? I'm probably going to need to alter it. I might have to have it cleaned or tweaked and repaired in this spot. So make sure you're inspecting it um, because some stores, again, aren't as diligent about keeping
1: it in tip-top shape as others. Yeah. And I think like, I remember you saying a couple of episodes ago when you said you were going to sell your gown mm-hmm. and your gown is, as you said, and this this has to be seen to believe it's beautiful, but as, as you said, it's not the typical not typical. Right. Kind of like Cock business I don't yeah, no. <laughs> you know, it's not but it's not a it's not a, you know, strapless white gown. It's yes. it's it's a specific look. Yes. But I remember you saying you had to be really careful with how you described it and alterations made and changed when you're buying mm-hmm. and selling a, a pre loved gown because yes that's an also i suppose with um samples you're probably going to get something that hasn't been altered it hasn't had extra work done to it but being mindful if you're buying a consignment gown or something off still white or one of these other websites you've got to ask the questions as well about what's been changed what's been updated is there anything Mm -hmm. beading falling off it or where can if we want replacement beads can we write to a company and get them there's questions that need to be asked because you can't get shitty if you don't ask the questions and then it turns up and it's not what you want very true and if you
0: are ordering offline make sure that you measure yourself and if the person selling it has not given very detailed measurements please ask for them because the last thing you want is for it to come in and be too small it's okay Mm -hmm. if it's too big again that's a lot easier to alter something that's too large to an extent like maybe if it's 12 sizes too big it might not be possible depending on the gown but you don't want it to come in and be too tight and you're not going to be able to make it work
1: I want to make an apology to everyone who's listened to my show and read my books. Cause I think I've been given myself a bad name about my opinion <laughs> about strapless gowns. And I just want to like make a statement. I, a pre-prepared statement. No. I just want to say, my view on strapless gowns are that they just don't suit everyone or make everyone feel good. And mm-hmm. someone said the other day, Oh, Alicia won't like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to this is in the bride pillar committee, I'm like, I don't want to be like the lord of No you know, this is just shit what I think. But it it was just this idea that my this opinion came from the wedding industry, air quotes, Illuminati, you know how I feel about that. Yeah. that. We're being marketed all the time that everyone has to turn up in this similar looking gown. Right. When there's so many other options. So don't feel like if you don't feel comfortable and if that gown does not bring you joy, then consider a gown with a bloody sleeves or pockets or a ball gown like just go your own way as Fleetwood Mac say you don't have to do the same thing so I am not shitting on a strapless gown that would be gross and unnecessary but um (laughs) ew that was yuck but I'm not shitting on the concept thanks for even not acknowledging that awful faux pas the concept of um the strapless gown I'm just saying don't feel like you have to go in and try only strapless gowns on if you don't love them
0: Yeah. And that reminds me a lot of times we have brides coming in, some with a very concrete idea of what they want, some with a pretty certain idea of what they want. And so many times they end up leaving with a totally different gown than Mm. they thought they would. So when you are working with a stylist, definitely do be open because as you're trying on gowns and you're hopefully honestly communicating your feeling, it's not going to hurt their feelings. They didn't make those. And even if they did, they would hopefully be professional enough not care. So the more you share, the better that they can help you. Um, also be honest about your budget. They're they're not gonna like hopefully if they're a reputable place, they're not just gonna increase the prices of their gowns to match your budget, but they want to make sure they're only showing you things that are going to be in your budget because nobody would want to be shown something that is a Chanel price when what you can afford is a target price. So yes. that's good to be honest and as you're going through and they're hearing these things, they might be making suggestions that you would not have pulled from the rack yourself, but hearing what you're saying, they think it might work on you. And a lot of times it does. And it can be like quote unquote the winner of the day. So mm. be open, you know. I sometimes you have one solid idea, but if that idea is not working when you get down to it at the shop, be open to trying something that is completely the opposite of it. So sometimes brides are like, oh, I want a ball gown with lots of sparkle and glitter. They come in, they try it on, they hate it. And then they end up trying on a really fitted strapless mermaid dress and they love it. They're like, I never would have pictured myself. So we see that all the time.
1: Yeah. I think always give yourself the wild card moment To even just, even if you put it on, you're like, this is ridiculous. This is not my dress. (laughs) Have that moment. Have the Carrie Bradshaw, but don't rip it up. If everyone knows what you're talking about. Gosh. No one needs to rip a dress off. Just ask an assistant to help you get out of it. Did she pay (laughs) for the dress in the end? I can't remember. They didn't show Oh, I don't know. She just left with the knives. Yes. She's in the wrong relationship. It's not her problem. Anyway, the, yes, I do think take the, take the moment to have the wildcard dress. If you're Mm -hmm. not up for the sparkly dress. Give it a, give it a burl. Have
0: a go. See what happens. Yeah, it happens all the time. A lot of brides come in thinking they want long sleeve dresses, which I love the look of. I think they're so gorgeous. Mm. But a lot of times with long sleeve gowns, it's hard to raise your arms up. So for your first dance oh. or just throwing your hands up in the air, it's a little bit more restricting. And so brides often find that they don't like the way it feels on. So there's all these things I'm learning as I, you know, get more and more into the store that Things are not always what you think they're going to be, and sometimes in a really good way. Let's
1: just finish up talking about wedding dresses and photography, or just mm-hmm. wedding styles in general. Tell me about how uh, you, you have a really good sense of like posing without like mm, Vogue posing. Right. <laughs> yes. But and we've talked a lot about this. You should go back and listen to uh, Kevin's other other interviews I'll put the links in the show notes but talk to me about how you make the most of a different shaped dress you know I I suppose there's fun if I put a big swishy dress on something Mm -hmm. that has a bit of a skirt you can move in it and I'm doing this in the booth no one can see me doing I'm moving right now (laughs) or pockets are fun or you know if you're wearing something a bit slinky and sexy it changes the way you hold yourself and and pose I suppose absolutely tell me a little bit about how we can prepare and make sure we are at our best but also feel comfortable in front of the camera with whatever we choose to wear Yeah,
0: that's a really great question. Depending on what silhouette of a gown my bride is wearing, will change some of the posing opportunities that I have with her. So, Mm -hmm. a bride who is wearing a gown that's not fitted and it's got a skirt that has movement to it, I will oftentimes have her hold on to it and swish it around, for lack of a better word. And I just posted a photo on my Instagram of a bride doing this with her veil, actually. And Mm -hmm. it's just a beautiful movement. You can have those ballet looking like I don't know if you're familiar with ballet, they often make sure that they are bending all of their joints and it looks really natural as opposed to a stiff arm. So I actually just did another YouTube video about this that you should probably link so that people have an idea of what I'm talking about with posing with your hands and arms, but you can play with it. That's what I say is play with it. And you can never really be too dramatic with twirling that dress around in your hand or twirling your whole body. Um, But then for something like a bride wearing a fitted gown, you can't do that because there's no dress to grab onto and play with it. It's fitted to your body. So for Mm -hmm. those types of gowns, I work a lot more with the shape of the body. So having a leg bent and then brought in towards the other leg and it creates this gorgeous shape. So in those cases, we're playing a lot more with the bride's shape of her body as opposed to playing with the dress itself. So that's just something that I'm always aware of when posing. So if you don't love the idea of playing more with your shape and having your shape more emphasized, maybe you'll like a gown with a not fitted bodice and skirt that is going to be a little bit more playful. So just something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah, and celebrate those bits of your body. Hopefully you love all of your body. Yeah. If you've got a great rack and you want to get it out (laughs) – Go for it. If you yes. got, you know you think I've got fantastic arms and I want everyone to see them, go mm-hmm. for it. But likewise, if you feel like you said before, if you, you're going to experience that food baby situation, then <laughs> yeah. make sure you uh, you know, and we support that. Make sure that you are mindful of the dress selection so you can uh, either embrace or disguise the food baby, whatever you prefer to do. Yeah,
0: I mean, accentuate your favorite features, and yes. you know, maybe minimize, not hide the features that you don't love so much, like. We have some brides who have amazing backs that they feel very confident about. And they're like, I want a really low back gown to show off my back. And I'm like, great. I wanted none of my back exposed because I don't like the way it looks. So, you know, everybody has their different features. Some brides love their shoulders. So they want to show off their arms and they want more of a high neckline. And then the shoulders are emphasized. And some brides really love their chest. So they want a low cut gown and then they want sleeves because they don't love their arms or just they like the look of it. So don't be afraid to play up the features you love and not bring so much attention to features that you don't want to be worrying about on the wedding day oh gee you're a joy to talk with (laughs) i really enjoy your company (laughs) well thank you for having me the fourth time i feel so honored and it's your 400th episode like the
1: 100th episode. I mean, I looked at doing like, should I clip together the bit? No one gives. I mean, like how indulgent <laughs> is that? And not in no disrespect, I've done it before at 200, but that was yeah. two years ago. It's like I've moved on with my life. I just want to make good content. You don't need <laughs> to hear me just crap on and on about how fucking great the Bridechiller podcast is. <laughs> I'd just rather share your amazing wealth Aww. of knowledge. <laughs> Um, Now, if people would like to uh, come and visit you, that's Mm -hmm. an option where we visit you and where can we stalk you in a polite, (laughs) not weird, single white female way. Yes, so we
0: are located in San Diego, right on Balboa Park. So we are on, for those who know San Diego, 5th and Hawthorne. And we are by appointment only so that we can make sure to give lots of attention to every bride who comes in our door. And you can find us at thewhiteflower.com or on Instagram at thewhiteflowerbridalboutique. It is very long and I am working on getting a shorter one.
1: (laughs) Just do what I do. See, I finally got the bride chiller handle on Instagram. Oh, good. And gee, that took some time. Ugh, it took some yes. sweet ass time, but I got it back. <laughs> and now yeah. it, it just helps when you're typing things out to just write bride chiller. Yes,
0: you gotta I keep know it. the feeling.
1: <laughs> she persists. She persists. And also, we uh, you should definitely check out Cavan Elizabeth at Cavan Elizabeth on Instagram. All of your beautiful beautiful photographs and then you know follow the links in your profile to all the other amazing things you do yes. especially if you're looking for a photographer in the California area yes. like, it's California we will <laughs> travel all over the place <laughs> all over the world I've got one in Columbia next oh. year one
0: in Jamaica so oh. all over the place and I have currently three spots
1: left for 2020 so oh I am gosh. almost fully booked and I'm going to come and have a whole photographic session with you. You don't know this yes, yet, but when I'm should. in the States next time, I'm coming and having the whole kit and caboodle. And I'm going to do a pretty woman style uh, situation in your store and try on lots of dresses. and Please be inappropriate. do. Please <laughs> do. We, I would love to have you. <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Kevin. It's great to have you on. And I hope that people feel empowered to then go shopping. Don't feel overwhelmed with the process. And Mm-mm. also just take a small moment. I want to leave everyone to say, you don't need to rush out and buy a dress in the first 10 minutes of being engaged. No. There are opportunities to just settle, let it breathe, relax. Yes. Don't feel stressed. It should be a fun opportunity. And don't bring twenty people. You don't <laughs> want twenty people's opinions. Right. Very important. <laughs> Gosh, let's all just take a breath. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you to everyone who have listened to this uh here Bride Chiller podcast. And especially hats off to the people who have listened to a fucking bunch of these episodes. Sometimes Rich <laughs> says to me, God, people listen to you more than I do. And he doesn't mean that in a disrespectful <laughs> way. He's like, That's a lot of you. And I say, Yes. They're keen and I'm really grateful. So thank you to everyone who supported me over the last 400 episodes. There'll be more. I'm not ending. It's not going away. It's still happening. So there you go. Good ending. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, lady. <laughs> thank you. Happy days. Woo! The Bride Chiller Podcast. The only place the cookie cutter should be used is in the kitchen. Am I right?